Flipside Show on KCOU 88.1 FM. This is the show where we cover everything that happened in gymnastics over the last week, including NCAA gymnastics as well as the beginning of the Olympic season. I'm Nate Salzman, and I'm going to be taking you through it today. And over the weekend, we had some big meets with big teams, including the Super 16 quad meet, which included LSU, Oklahoma, UCLA, and Utah. We also had the Florida Gators debut this week. And then we had some big SEC matchups, including Missouri versus Alabama and Kentucky versus Auburn. So let's get right into it, starting with that big Super 16 quad. That was the big talk of the week. Uh, and the result of the meets went Oklahoma commanding 197.9 to take first place, LSU coming in second, 197.15, UCLA third, 197.1, and then Utah with fourth place, 196.975. A lot of people can say that this is the biggest, for the biggest teams in the NCAA right now, so it was huge to see them, you know, week two here already facing off against each other. Let's start with a team that has a lot of hype this season. That's LSU. You know, they're coming in with a lot of depth, but some may be concerned with how they are they utilizing that depth in the right way. And you know, LSU started on beam and it just just like week 1, it really did not go their way. They had a fall and they also had a rough routine from Kai Johnson. So two rough routines there. They had to count a 9-3, which is definitely not what you want to do. Uh, this week they they changed their lineup up a little bit on beam. They took out Connor McLean, who fell week one. In my opinion, that was probably not the right decision for them. Yes, she fell, but it was it's her freshman year, it's her first week. I don't understand taking her out so quickly. I hope to see her back during week three, and I hope that the result of their beam rotation on Saturday puts Connor back in that lineup. And uh, you also had Alexis Jeffrey was in the lineup, Annie Bird, Kaya Johnson, and they just didn't look as solid as they. Sorry about that. They just didn't look as solid as they normally do. But it's definitely something that they're working through. So after Beam, they moved on to floor, and they're also using an interesting lineup here, using Livy Dunn, who, in my opinion. Probably you're looking at someone like Amari Drayton to be used over Livy. And if you're not taking Livy Dunn out, then you probably want to take Kaya Johnson out. Not because she can't score well, but just simply due to the fact that she's recovering from an injury, which took her out all last season. And I think it's just better to be safe than sorry for her. You want someone like Kaya Johnson to be peaking for later on in the season. There's no reason to be using her on floor, especially on a leg event, which was she had a lower leg injury last year. So Amari Drayton scored a 9-9, over 9-9 week one, and they decided to not use her this this weekend, which was an interesting decision. Again, you have Connor McLean, who we saw uh, in the inter-squad in December, who did floor, but has not been put in the floor lineup yet, but will be interesting to see uh, if she gets in that lineup in the coming weeks. We know she's kind of working her way up, has had injuries and just getting to LSU and working her way back. So hopefully we see her eventually. Um, they had a decent vault lineup, decent bar lineup, but, you know, LSU's goal is to be national champions at the end of the year, and they were going up against the team that has won the last two national titles, Oklahoma. 
And so far at this point in the season, Oklahoma absolutely looks like they're going to win a third consecutive national title. There's just no one even near them at the moment. And that brings us to them. They just look dominant. They really didn't falter at all. The only major mistake they had was Reagan Smith on beam had a fall, but they didn't even have to count that mistake as the other five routines on beam were just pretty close to their usual standard. And that's the thing with Oklahoma is that if they have one gymnast who makes a mistake, you bet that other half of their lineup is going to be covering up that mistake pretty easily. And you, they won't even see a deficit in their score. Like their score this week showed 197.9, absolutely massive score for them. They're way ahead of the rest of the teams in the rankings. And so they, they had a so, another solid week for them. And so now we moved on to UCLA, who's in an interesting situation here. They're, they're one of the college teams who are losing people due to the, it being an Olympic year. They're losing Olympic medalist Jordan Childs. They're also losing Canadian gymnast Anna Pereira, for she's also deferring to train for the Olympics. So that's two big uh, factors of their lineup. Both of them were consistent members of their bars and beam lineups last year. Jordan, a consistent member all around. So they're struggling to replace those routines there, but they definitely looked better on vault than they have in probably the last year. This was one of the best vault lineups they put together in a long time. Multiple stuck landings. Uh, a couple nine nines from Emily Lee and Che Campbell, which is a great start for them. That's they, you know, that's a team that really struggles to break over that nine nine barrier on vault. But then they went to bars and they had mistakes, and it just didn't quite go their way. They finished up on beam, and it was just another rough beam rotation for them, similar to how they performed during week one. But you know, as UCLA does, they had a great floor rotation, but that. They definitely are going to be looking to improve bars and beams significantly. They have some people that are just, you know, getting going. Caitlin Rawson, the freshman, definitely I see her peaking later on in the season. And Marzetta Frazier as well. So it's not not the best meet for them, but they did go over 197. I'm going to assume this is going to be a score that they can count for later on in the season. So it was not the best start, but a a good meet for week two. And then the last team in this uh, Super 16 quad we had was Utah, who really looked uncharacteristic. They scored a 196.975 here, and then they competed again on Monday in the Utah Invitational, and they scored a 197.725. So almost increased their score by almost a point, which is huge for them. But they just had some uncharacteristic mistakes, you know, reigning all-around NCAA national champion Miley O'Keefe had a fall on beam, had another uncharacteristic floor routine. So there's definitely a deficit in their scoring potential. But, you know, they were up to their usual standard on vault, had mistakes on bars as well. But this is this is not their best meet, but they definitely showed on Monday why they're also going to be contenders for that national title because they did compete again Monday, and they competed well. You know, they were competing at home, so some of their scores were a little bit inflated, in my opinion, but definitely a better meet than they showed on Saturday. So after that meet, we had Florida Gators made their debut. They're ranked number two so far this season, 
or coming into the season. And, you know, this similar to UCLA, they are missing a lot of gymnasts this year. No Kayla DeCello, she's training for the Olympics. No Trinity Thomas, she's graduated. They also had an injury to Riley McCusker. So both Trinity and Kayla were consistent parts of their all-around lineups last year. And now we had Riley, who was always in that bars and beam lineup. And on top of that, you have Leanne Wong, who's still in Florida, still competing, but is still focused on making that Paris team later this year so she's not going to be in the lineups every single week this week we saw her do vault bars and beam but no floor however on top of that we saw some other you know florida's a team with a lot of depth so they got to use that depth this week they morgan heard who the long-awaited kind of kind of debut up for her she competed a little bit last year but wasn't consistently in that lineup this week, she competed on beam and floor, and it was a good start for her, definitely. Uh, she's going to be a key member of both those lineups. We see her really doing well there, but she's not going to be in the bar or vault lineup. We know she's had some shoulder injuries due to all that elite gymnastics training, so it's been a minute for her to get going here in Florida, but this is definitely going to be a good season for her, and with those with those team members not competing this year, it's definitely going to be her time to shine. You know, they also have Victoria Wynn, who is was not doing the all-around consistently last year until the NCAA final. We saw her do all four events, and now we're seeing that again this year. Didn't do vault, but she has been working on that 10.0 start value vault, and that's going to be a big uh big for her so that'll be interesting to see if she can crack into those lineups be a key member of that all around and for Florida they're going to be a team who's definitely going to be looking to peak more come the end of season like I mentioned Leanne Wong isn't doing the all around now but I'm sure by the time postseason comes around she's going to be doing all four events and it's going to be providing those big scores that Florida is accustomed to getting so with that, we're going to take a quick break here. This was the flip side for KCOU 88.1 FM. Lovely cushion header for Gerald! Oh, you beauty! What a headshot! What a Box to Box is back and better than ever. Join myself, Jack Nolan, and my brand new co-host, Grant Salzman, to break down the world of Premier League and Champions League football. We have a ton of build-up to the 2022 Men's World Cup in Qatar, and of course, a fair few rants about U.S. Men's National Team Manager, Greg Berhalter. So if you want to stay up to date on the footballing world, tune in to Box to Box, Mondays at 10 a.m. on KCOU. That's astonishing! It's I know marijuana is harmful. I know it can't improve my game. My friends and I have faced many battles, and we have always dueled without drugs. I wouldn't be the world's best duelist if I smoked marijuana. It would disappoint my friends and lower my concentration. And losing control with drugs is one duel I don't want to have. I must stay healthy and keep my friends close if I want to defeat my opponent's monsters. I will never dishonor myself or my friends by using drugs. That's playing a game I can't win. 
Honor. My anti-drug. Welcome back to the flip side on KCOU 88.1 FM. Uh, we just got done covering some of the big NCAA meets that happened over the weekend. And now we're going to go switch over to the SEC meets that took place. So we had Mizzou versus Alabama, and we also had Kentucky versus Auburn this weekend. So Mizzou versus Alabama was uh, a win for Alabama, 197.225. And Mizzou scored a 196.475, which is way down from the score they had in week one. But I got to say for this Alabama team, they definitely have mastered the new stick landing rule. Of course, that rule is that you have to hold it for two seconds before saluting to the judges and really show that you got the stuck landing. You can't just start celebrating uh, and doing a college stick. So this is a new rule, and I say Alabama has definitely shown that they've mastered that rule, especially on bars. They were getting multiple stuck landings, one after the other, and it was just a really great uh, rotation for them. They were a little bit jumpy on vault, but nothing too terrible. They had a lot of 10.0 vaults, a lot of solid vaults, and then they showed they were a little, little shaky on beam. And that was when Missouri could have made a move there, but they got it back on floor and really applied the pressure to Mizzou because they were just doing multiple close to perfect floor routines, and it was a great meet for them overall. I think this is great for them to go into uh, the rest of the season. They definitely look like a team that can be in the Final Four later on, which is not something we would have expected for them coming into this season necessarily. You know, they've are some changes in the coaching staff, and it's definitely working out really, really well for them. But let's talk about Mizzou a little bit. So as we, as I've talked about, the first week was really solid for them. They scored over 197, but this week they were all the way down to a 196.475, which was really, really rough for them. They had a good vault lineup, but really struggled on bars and beam in particular. Um, and they're they're one of the teams that, uh, contrary to what I said about Alabama, is struggling a little bit with that new stick rule. They're just not quite getting the position thoroughly and not holding it long enough. But this is something that they are working on. I actually got a chance to talk with Mizzou head coach Shannon Welker and junior Jocelyn Moore this morning, and they said that you know it's gotten them a little bit on these first couple meets, but it's something that they're working on well in the gym and it doesn't really show too much in the gym. And they're working on getting those stuck landings a little bit better and are hoping to improve against Georgia. You know, they also had an uncharacteristic beam rotation. They're a team that's changing a lot of their beam rotation this year, putting a lot of new gymnasts in, a lot of uh, their beam rotation from last year graduated, so they're forced to use a different lineup, and that worked out really well week one, but not as well during week two, and hopeful to see them improve in the coming weeks, and it's this is a score that they can easily drop. You only have to count six scores that make up 
your qualification process to regionals and eventually how you get to nationals. So this is a score they're going to be looking to drop. Not the worst scenario, though, because their week one score is one that they'll probably be looking to keep. So they're going to move on to Georgia next week, and that's going to be key for them because they have Georgia next week and then the following week LSU. So two more big SEC teams they're up against. But, yeah, Bam- Alabama looked really solid. They uh, you know, just amplified on their good week one into week two, and they're definitely going to be looking to make a mark this season. Uh, the next SEC meet we had was Kentucky versus Auburn. Kentucky took the win here with a 197-475, and Auburn was second with 197-025. And, you know, Auburn is losing SUNY Lee this year, and we saw after SUNY had to pull out of the last couple meets last season due to her injuries, we saw them really struggle. They really had a rough regionals, didn't come close to qualifying to nationals, and that definitely put some fear into people to how they would perform coming into this year. But already they look improved. They look solid. I got to say they have a really nice vault lineup. They took steps, but they can. They were controlled steps. Nothing too out of the ordinary there. They just had some mistakes on beam, which didn't allow them to take the win here over Kentucky. But they definitely look like a team that, you know, 197-025 here, they can possibly get to that 197-4 range come later on in the season. And to me, they're already looking better than I would have expected them to look at the beginning of the season. But their competitors, Kentucky, also really, really showing out. And this is really showing how strong the SEC looks this season. You have multiple SEC teams that could make it to that final eight at nationals. You know, Kentucky looks great. Alabama looks great. Auburn and Mizzou are kind of right on that cusp there. And obviously LSU and Florida are the second or third ranked team in the nation and can continue that. So the SEC is looking strong and easily like the best conference this year. But going to Kentucky, you know, they started their the meet a little bit shaky on bars, but then they went to vault and they had a five ten point oh vault uh a five ten point oh vault lineup and really just solid all the way around, got the landings really well. Um and then they moved on and just showed their dominance on floor and uh beam and didn't really let the away crowd at Auburn affect them too much. We know how rowdy those Auburn fans can get and it really didn't get into their head they had one of their best meets I've seen from them in a while and they're they're definitely a team who can capitalize on that you know getting one of the highest scores of the week higher than teams like LSU UCLA Utah so that's that's huge for them and they look ready to go back to nationals similar to how they did last year but with that let's move let's talk about the rankings for this week. So coming in at number one this week, we have Oklahoma, followed by California, and then Alabama third, Arkansas fourth, and Utah coming in at number five. So that's your top five for this week. California, who we did not get to talk about, was in a separate session of the Super 16s, so not in the same session as 
Oklahoma, LSU, Utah, and UCLA, and they scored a 197.875, which is the second highest score we've seen so far this year, just barely below the score that Oklahoma put up this season or this week. So if there's anybody who's looking to maybe dethrone Oklahoma for that national title, it would be California. You know, they've, they're have they a team that can score really high, but they're also a little inconsistent with that scoring. But they had a 10 from N.J. Frazier on beam. They had probably one of the best fault lineups they've ever put out. And this is a team who's just continues to get better and better. They've been on a climb the last couple of years, made it to nationals last year, barely missed out making it to four on the floor. So they're a team who's going to be kind of, if I was Oklahoma, I'd be looking to California as my biggest uh, opponents right now. But I hope that Cal can continue to show how strong they are and to make it to nationals and try to defeat Oklahoma. They're going to have to stay consistent and keep scoring in this range like they did over the weekend. So we're going to take another quick break, but at, once we return from the break, we're going to shift our gears from NCAA to Olympic-level gymnastics, and we're going to talk about everything going on in Elite, but we'll be re- back right after this. The station design with the student voice in mind. KCOU-FM. The station design with the student voice in mind. KCOU-FM. Hey, what's up? Holla at your boy. XOXOXO. You getting these texts? Question mark. Where are you? What are you doing? OMG, you are making me mad. You better text me back. I'm waiting outside your house. Relentless, aggressive texting is like sending an angry robot to deliver your message. When does the robot become dangerous? Let us know at thatsnotcool.com. Thatsnotcool.com. Brought to you by the Ad Council. If you think superheroes like me can fight all your battles for you, think again. Voting for your local, state, and federal representative lets you choose who's on your side and all the issues we face today. From the little ones to the really big ones, too. But before you can vote, you need to register. So do it now. For registration forms or information on how to register, visit your local participating video store. Have a voice in your future. Register. And vote. And tell them Spider-Man sent you. Never approach a strange animal. If you are bitten by a dog or any other animal, have your parents wash the wound completely and then apply antiseptic and a clean bandage. Thank you, Samurai. Now we have to call the dog's owner or the Humane Society right away. It is very important to find out if the dog has had his rabies shots. I know marijuana is harmful. I know it can't improve my game. My friends and I have faced many battles, and we have always dueled without drugs. I wouldn't be the world's best duelist if I smoked marijuana. It would disappoint my friends and lower my concentration. And losing control with drugs is one duel I don't want to have. 
I must stay healthy and keep my friends close if I want to defeat my opponent's monsters. I will never dishonor myself or my friends by using drugs. That's playing a game I can't win. Honor. My anti-drug. Welcome back to the flip side on KCOU 88.1 FM. Just got wrapped up talking about the NCAA gymnastics over the weekend, but now we're going to be talking about the Olympics. It's 2024. This is what everyone has in mind is Paris coming up in July. But for gymnastics, that starts way sooner than July as the competitions are going to start getting going here. But first, let's talk about Connor McLean. She's the 2022 uh national all-around champion at U.S. Nationals. And now we've heard, she got an interview yesterday saying that she still plans on uh, doing elite this season despite moving to the NCAA. So that's another one of the NCAA athletes who we plan on seeing in elite and obviously someone who can contend. We haven't seen her do elite gymnastics since she won that all-around title due to injuries and now moving on to NCAA, but she's expected to return this year, and something I'm very excited about, and it's definitely can throw a wrench into everyone's potential Olympic teams if she is back and ready at the same level that she won that title on. But last week, we had our first national team training camp, and we had some big names appear at that camp, including Simone Biles, Jordan Childs, Kayla DiCello, Jocelyn Robertson, and Sky Blakely. But we also had some notable absences from that camp, including Suni Lee, Shilise Jones, and Gabby Douglas, who, as we know, Gabby Douglas is planning on returning to the sport after not competing since 2016 at the Rio Olympics. So that's definitely going to be interesting. We saw her at the camp in November, but she was not here in January, but that could just be... She's just not ready to be showing up at camps yet. There could be a multiple things. Uh, the first major Olympic event this year is going to be the Winter Cup in February. And that's probably the first place we'd expect Gabby to show up and compete. She has, Since she hasn't competed in so long, she still needs to qualify to nationals, which will take place in June. And she can get that score in at the Winter Cup in February. And we're hoping to see her make her debut here it's, been long anticipated since her announcement of uh, coming back to the gymnastics. But something I want to do here every week is take one person and talk about what they need to do in order to make it to the Paris Olympics this year. And today that person is going to be Sky Blakely. So Sky Blakely has been on the last two world championship teams and has struggled struggled at the 2023 World Championships. A lot of people expected her to have a good showing there, but she fell twice on beam, and, and that caused her to not get put in any lineups in the team final except for bars, and also didn't allow her to qualify to any individual finals. So those falls on beam kind of put, made a lot of people question her if they think she's going to be ready and consistent enough to make it to this Olympic team. Personally, I think there's some factors that could leave her off the team, but I still think that she absolutely can make it 
to this Olympic team. And we saw her, she posted some training videos of her at camp. And one of those training videos was her training an upgraded vault. So she's training the Chung, which is a six-tenth higher start value vault. And that really can completely change things for her. A lot of people saw her as a bars and beam specialist, but now she's showing that she can also be used in a vault lineup. And we see a lot of the American gymnasts going for the Chung vault because it's such a big upgrade and it's something that a lot of them deem necessary to making the team. And I think if Sky really gets this vault, she can be on that team. Her vault personally looks better than a lot of the other training videos we've seen of people training that vault. And if she can get that vault ready for competition, it's going to be tough to leave her off. But of course, I think she still needs some uneven bar upgrades as well. She was doing a consistent 5-9 routine, but she's going to want to get that above the 6.0 range in terms of her difficulty score. And then obviously, she has one of the best beam routines in the world, but has struggled to really make it consistent on the world stage. She was very consistent with it last year in all the U.S. national competitions leading up to world championships, but then showed up to worlds and had two really rough or had one really rough routine, which didn't allow her to continue competing that event later on in the competition. So I definitely, I definitely have her as one of the top contenders for the team this year. And I think should she get the upgraded vault, it's going to be hard to leave her off the team, but it will make things interesting as we know her last of her fourth of strongest event is definitely floor. She really struggled on that event all last year. She can get a solid, consistent three-pass routine that doesn't allow her to make any mistakes. That's going to be great for the selection committee, and it's going to be hard to leave her off. But if she can't get that floor routine going, I still think she's going to make the team, which is going to be interesting to who the other members of the team would be. Of course, you're going to have Simone Biles, who's a pretty much guaranteed lock as long as she shows up and is ready. And then you have people like Shailise Jones, who has been on the all-around podium at World Championships the last two seasons. So she's another one who people consider to be very likely to make this team. And if Sky Blakely is going to be strong on three events, that leaves room for someone to give a strong floor routine as well as strong bars and beam. And a lot of people look at people like Suni Lee, Gabby Douglas, and Jordan Childs to be those people to Suni and Gabby to be people to be strong on bars and beam and Jordan to be strong on vault and floor. But I really think for Sky, the most important thing is going to be getting the upgraded vault. That's going to be key to her success this year. And I'll be very excited to see her get the upgrade because it's a very difficult vault and it's going to really increase her scoring potential on that event as well as all the other events as well as in her all-around scoring. But with that, that was the major news this week. We've got another big weekend of gymnastics coming up. Three SEC meets in a row on Friday night, which includes Auburn versus Florida, Arkansas versus Alabama, and then wraps the night with LSU versus Kentucky. And then you also have Mizzou versus Georgia on Saturday. But with that, that's going to be the first episode of The Flip Side. Thank you for listening. 
This has been Nate Salzman from KCOU 88.1 FM. Message from your Shriners Hospitals.